if you ask your friends right now, like, hey, are you feeling overwhelmed? Every single person will be like, yeah, I'm busy. I'm like fucking busy. I got 400 email newsletters coming in, all this stuff. So everybody understands that feeling of like, I am overwhelmed. And they're just going to start looking for solutions. And you're seeing like psychedelic use exploding, like hot colds exploding, all these people listening to podcasts, learn about this stuff, but like morning routines and evening routines, like everyone knows they don't feel right. What's the other option? Like, I don't want to feel overwhelmed anymore. You don't want to feel good. What is up, you sexy bastards? It is your boy, Austin Kidd, a.k.a. Rabbi Can't Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. In today's episode, I talked to Robbie Bent. He is the CEO of Othership, and Robbie is having his best week ever today. He's also teaching people breathwork. And during this episode, we do a breathwork exercise that shot me into outer space. If you get to that part, it's going to blow your mind. Robbie, by the way, also was super early in Ethereum, aka he's rich. So Robbie has now launched Othership.us. Definitely check it out if you want to learn about how to get involved in the next big thing, how to breathe well, and some crypto stuff. Here's three gigantic things you're going to take away in this episode. Number one, Robbie's struggles and addictions plus insecurities. Two, how he got involved with Ethereum when it was so cheap and just starting out. And three, why we should all add breathwork to our daily routine. Enjoy those three things, plus a bunch more ear nuggets along the way. Before we dive in the show, go to youtube.com slash okdork. Come on, y'all. You know what to do. YouTube.com slash okdork. We put out amazing content to entertain you. Go there. Secondly, I want you guys to go subscribe to the My First Million podcast. It is hosted by my great friends, Sam Parr and Sean Puri. They talk really wild business stuff. You've probably heard the episode. You're probably subscribed. But they talk to Rob Diedrich. They talk about chess.com being worth a billion. It is definitely one of my favorite podcasts. You can do it on Apple, Spotify, or somewhere in the World Wide Web. Also, a special pre-show shout out to listener Heger. He left a review saying, number one marketing podcast. In my humble opinion, Noah is the best marketer in the game today. Damn, that is quite a compliment. Thank you so much. And I love you and every other one of you amazing listeners. If you want to shout out in a future episode, just leave a review wherever you're enjoying the show. I check every single one of them. So you guys are having a, a best week ever. T- tell me about this. Yeah, so, you know, one, what I'm working on is my absolute passion. So it's actual products and offerings that change my life. You know, I was an addict for 10 years. I've been sober now for quite a long time, joined Ethereum early. Like, really, my life has changed in the last six, seven years. And I've been trying to teach people what worked for me. And so for three years, from like ice baths in a backyard, Zoom classes, you know, Kajabi courses, mixing and matching all these things, we've launched both an app for breathwork and a physical space built around like sauna and ice bath classes. So kind of think of like a Soho house meets boutique fitness where you come in and the music's just thumping in the sauna and everyone's doing breath work. And then after you're having tea and hanging out, it's kind of like a healthy place at night. And so both of these things combined, this physical space and app can allow you to really like make change in your life. Like, and, and in a way that's like cool and inspiring. So when I was an addict, I, you know, would go to AA meetings in the basement of a church and I would feel like, oh, I'm depressed. I'm like, there's something wrong with me. And so I wanted to build something that makes personal change and growth like fun, cool, attractive, accessible. And so all this work, seven, eight years of like different therapies and testing and then like, you know, side projects culminated in launching the app this week and then winning number one on product of the day on product hunt, which I dreamed about for years. And then also launching our space and like seeing it just through word of mouth be full. And so I just feel so grateful and excited that like these products are are out there and helping people. Come on, let's take one step back. Is that you guys were saying you're having the best week ever? Mitchell, maybe can you share yours? And I also like Mitchell. I love Mitchell. Mitchell was like, it's only going to get better. So what were you saying there, Mitchell? And then Robbie, would love to hear about your week. Well, I was just asking how Robbie was doing. And, and he pointed out that he was having the best week ever. I didn't necessarily say that I was, but it was resonating with me because I think that one, that's dope. Everyone should have more of those. And like two, he's just launching it. 
now. So like, you know, we all could have our best week ever like next week. And then the following week, like, I think that's a good, like sort of benchmark to strive for. I talked with my buddy Tynan. I think he's been on the show a few times and you, you know, of him. and when we chat, we're like, he has a phrase where he says, and it's going to get even better. Cause you're like, no way it can't get better than this. And he's like, it can. And I think that's just like kind of a mindset shift that, uh, honestly, I think it is a little bit of a Jewish stuff, Mitchell, where it's like, ah, you complain. Right. And so I think that mindset, I don't know religion, maybe it's the new Jewish or world religion that we can share that's, yeah, it can get better. Robbie, what's a, what does the best week ever look like? It's a feeling of, of excitement, a feeling of like confidence and success in the body. And so a lot of times it's like, oh, what I'm building is not going to work, you know, and am I good enough? What do these people think about me? Are people going to use my product? And it, we're just, we live in a society of comparison. And so this week it was just very evident that like, wow, these things are working, you know, and it just felt good. Like I felt really good about myself. And so I think best week is like, what are the components? Well, one is, you know, around people. And so it's connecting with people every night, watching their faces and like smiling and just having the best time. It just made me feel like really good about myself. And then I also work with my wife and our co-founding team is five best friends. So like we're in doing this thing that we love together and just kind of looking at each other like, fuck, you know, three years of work and here it is. And we're in it together, like doing what we love. And so that's just really like, instead of thinking all the time and like the negatives, like you mentioned the Jewish complaining culture, it's, you know, feeling, yeah, life is fucking good, man. It feels good. So that, I think that's, I just felt really good this week. For the record, we have a huge Jewish audience. Like not all Jews can, we don't complain all the time, just most of the time. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I think what's fascinating about that, Robbie, what you're talking about is like, if you know the elements of a great week, do you just start doing that every week? And then do they start going down? You know, one of the things I was talking about yesterday is that some of the, the best moments are when it's not planned. Right. Like yesterday, this person I met on a Airbnb for bicyclist site, warm showers, came over, we went for a ride. And I was like, I wasn't really planning that. That was cool. Mitchell, how's your week? You're always having a great week. Week's been great. I was telling Robbie earlier, it's like, uh, I think that the new beginnings, everyone like kind of likes a new beginning, end of year, new month, blah, blah, blah. So like, how do, how do you recreate more of those for whether it's a new week or new month, new day? So a few questions that I, I'm fascinated. So the addiction thing. What was like a low there? Mitchell's like, Noah, don't do the sad things, only the rainbows. I'm like, Mitchell, that's the stuff I, I fucking am curious about because like everyone drinks and everyone, well, not everyone does a lot of drugs. And then I'm just, you know, the stories are generally pretty fucking wild. And I, you know, we like to hear the hero's journey. Yeah, I'm happy to chat about it. And something I'm really passionate about, especially a lot of entrepreneurs are people that have like very volatile personalities because it's a really challenging path to take. And so I had ADHD, always like very interested in stimulation. So like love extreme sports. I love working. I could get like super engrossed in things. I'm really energetic, outgoing, but then yeah, I love, loved drugs. And so I was building this company. I had at 24, raised 25 million bucks and built this hardware platform. It's like a telecom platform. And for four years, it was just a struggle. Like product never worked super well. Roaming prices were declining, which was like our main advantage was we would reduce roaming by like 95%. And about two years in, I realized I'd made tons of mistakes. We'd spent way too much money building the system. And like, it was pretty likely it was never going to work, but family had invested, friends had invested. It was my salary, you know? And so on the weekends, I would um, just to deal with the stress, I had no knowledge of any of these practices. And I would go out and drink and have, you know, Toronto's pretty heavy drinking culture and have 25 drinks and then just do a ton of cocaine. And, and I would disappear for 24 hours. And it's not really the reason the business failed, definitely didn't help, but it was like the strategy was off. And so the 
nerves of Sunday morning, sun's coming up, been up the entire night. I'm already getting emails to start the week. You know, people are asking me, hey, is my job safe? I'm wondering, like, I'm going to run out of money. I ended up, uh, business failed after four years. I had to fire 100 people. I had to steal equipment out of a data center and put it in another data center to keep, this is before like AWS, keep the back end going. And just like every morning, like, what's going to happen? What are my parents going to think of me? What are my friends going to think of me? You know, and then like it fails, right? So then like the worst has happened and I got to sell my apartment, my car. I was living in Toronto. I had to move to the small city where I grew up called Guelph, live in my parents' basement and just still like, you know, on the weekends going out drinking, doing drugs and just feeling in those lows. Like probably most people listening know what it feels like to be hungover, to have that kind of anxiety, just feel like, I'm a failure. And, and to me, like why I was doing startups is because I wanted to be success. I wanted to be rich. And I was like, oh, this is the best way to be successful and like have people like me. I was like insecure growing up. I thought like, oh, if I had nice things and did well, people would love me. And so then like that was my first massive failure. And it's like, okay, I can't afford to go for dinner. All my friends are bankers and consultants. They're successful. Like really was a hard time uh, for me, like looking in the mirror, like, what are you doing with your life? You know, like, look what, what this has got you. Uh, so that, that was sort of some of the tougher times. <laughs> when you're in, in it, what's it like? I, I think like for me, you know, it didn't, it felt like, Hey, I can manage this. And it was going on for a long time. Like I was drinking pretty heavily for like nine, 10 years. And so just, it felt like in university, Hey, this is normal. You know, like I could get my schoolwork done. I did super well. And you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I go out and have a ton of drinks and party and be with girls. And, this is fun. This is normal. This is what my friend group is doing. It's not a big deal. And then, you know, you sort of start to get older and it's, it's fun, like going out and like being around a whole bunch of people and like that part, it's fun and it happens slowly. So you'll be like, you know, I think when it really was an issue was like, as I started getting into a startup where I needed to be on all the time, people were relying on me. And then, you know, what happened is like Thursday night, you go out, have a couple of drinks, not intending it to go deeper. And, and you know, like the addiction is getting away from you. And those three drinks turn into nine and then maybe it's a little bit of drug use also. And then it's like six in the morning and you hadn't planned that. And so I'm not even like against recreational drinking and drug use for people if they can handle it. But some people like for me, it's like, I didn't want that to happen. And then I would wake up and feel like really self-conscious and shame, like a lot of shame and just like, Hey, I don't, I don't have control. So there was a mix of like the excitement during the night when you're going to go out and party, which is like palpable and real. And then like the shame of when you wake up, it's like, oh, I'm never going to do this again, you know, and then come the next week, you feel good again, you're healthy, you're on this like roller coaster of, oh, I feel good on Thursday. And then boom, I'm going out and partying. And then I feel like shit. And it's like building back up the rest of the week. That's kind of the feeling and can just consume you. Yeah, I think it's a common thing, you know, that everyone's got their own experience in life, right? And everyone's got their own uh, shame, problems, challenges. I think that I, I find that fascinating, especially at AppSumo.com. You know, you're in a meeting and you're like, let's do this. And how's marketing? And then you kind of forget that these people go home and then they have their own lives going on too, which is a lot to, sometimes a lot to handle. One of the things yesterday that was, uh, was really nice was Chad, my business partner. I was just like, I gotta be a little bit more considerate to him. Like he's dealing with a lot at work and I'm, you know, he's got his own life out of here, out of here too. And uh, it sounds like you with your own journey. This is going to be a little bit more of an abbreviated episode. So I think the two things I'd love to hit on, because I think what's fascinating and share your story with the world is when you, you got involved in Ethereum early, Mitchell's messaging me privately he just wants to know how rich you are yeah so like i mean yeah i did well you know i'm super blessed i was really lucky um i was there before 
any other layer ones had launched before any of like the the dApps, NFTs, DeFi stuff was launched. I think just Augur was the only thing existing in the prediction market. And I went out there because I found a lot of smart, smartest people I knew were all really interested. There was a lot of like Stanford dropouts, cryptocurrency professors, researchers. It felt like, wow, there's something happening here that people are passionate about. And when you would go to the meetups, you could tell like there was something special. And for me, it was the first time in my career Instead of going after like money, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try to be around really good people that are like interesting and kind. And there was something, you know, like the mascots, the unicorn, like people were just so friendly and open. And it's going from closed source businesses to like completely open source. There's no competition when it started. And everyone will talk to everyone. And like, it just was this vibe of, wow, we're going to change the world. And like, you could feel it. So it was, it was really cool. And so I got lucky enough to be in that. And that kind of consumed me. And as soon as I experienced that a couple of times, I was like, oh, I want to be part of this ecosystem. And, and then, you know, I lived in San Francisco and Berlin and like Thailand, and all these different developer hubs going to conferences for like four years. And it was just such a blast. So you worked for the Ethereum Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did well, man. So like when I, when I joined around that time, you know, it was, it was I'm just, not impress it. Yeah. <laughs> How much was Ethereum when you joined? Yeah. It was when I got involved in the ecosystem, it was six bucks. And so. And did uh, they pay you in ETH? They do. They pay you in ETH. Yeah. You can choose. You can choose to be paid in you know, ETH or uh, cash. Is there a pattern matching system that we can like kind of think about for today, right? With new things? Because I think what's, what's interesting right now, especially with this, the whole crypto, there's so much talk, right? And it's, um, I think it's interesting to notice, like trying to figure out, okay, well, what are these things that I can recognize in our, in our lifetime? Like for me, it was like, I was at Facebook and I was like, holy shit, like it took over. I was at Berkeley, you know, it was really early and I was like, it took over the campus. And then at Mint, it was like same, like, oh, it's taking over. And you know, when I did some of these other things like AppSumo or I was like, oh, it's, it's hitting. So I guess, what did you see there? And then what else could you look for today that you think is the same similar thing? I think the best thing you can do is like try to try to have enough time where you don't have to make a decision where your job is going to take up your entire day where you can explore. And so like what I mean by that is in crypto, I actually just worked for free for a few months and I like had almost no money at the time. But I was just like, OK, this is really cool. I'm going to experiment. I'm just going to offer support. And so what's really unique about crypto is you could just go into a team's Discord, message them, be like, hey, I want to have a chat with like, like the CEO would talk to you. And, you know, you could talk to them and really understand what they needed help with and just start helping. So there's this mentality of like, I'm just going to help. And so I would say in any new industry, before it's like established, you can talk to the leaders really quickly and easily through, you know, whether it's like a community platform like Discord or conferences. And so places that I'm like particularly really interested that I think are going to be huge, like psychedelic medicines is one. So MDMA is likely to be legal next year. They've had a huge impact on me. I got really involved in that space uh, super early and it's starting to like grow. And so you can like, you know, go to those conferences, start talking to people, but, but also have patience. You know, in crypto, when I, 2016, it wasn't very clear. It was going to be a huge thing. It was clear in like a small community and it's not until 2021. I mean, there was a little bull market in 2017, but in 2021, 2020 it explodes, right? Like absolutely explodes. And so you had to wait kind of four or five years to be there. So I think you need patience in how long you're willing to wait, but then also time to like dig in. And so like you said, at Facebook, you saw the energy. So if I was new, I would find a number of industries like space is super cool. And like a ton of stuff is happening there. Psychedelics is another one that's interesting to me. So I'd find something that's like interesting, that's new. And I would go and talk to leaders in that space at conferences and try to like help out where I could for free with a idea that I want to be in this for like five years uh, for when it pops. It's almost impossible to choose something that's going to pop in the near term. 
So most mistake people have is like, oh, ETH, I got to find the next ETH. Well, like you can't find that. You have to let it emerge naturally by being in a community that's like that you're excited about with exciting people. It's amazing as much as there's noise, how accessible people are. Like I was talking with our videographer yesterday and I was like, you really could email and contact anyone and be like, hey, I'll make a free video for you or I'll follow you around. I'll do something for you or create it for them. I get massages on Wednesdays. It's like my meditation. And I was just thinking, why are so few people successful? And that's all relative. Success could be anything. It could be being a house husband. It could be being a janitor. It could be a construction. But I was trying to think about what are the elements that help people lead to successful outcomes, right? I think one of them is putting themselves in the right places, like you're saying. I think two is following up, which almost no one does. I think three, the other point I think you were making, Rob, which is a great point, is people expect it to happen instantly. And then it's like everyone wants it, but so few are willing to do what's required, including myself at times. But then we can't complain when we don't get what we want. So, so this like you're taught in school, like, hey, study for tests, do tests, you know, then you have your first job and it's like a nine to five job or whatever. And it's like, here's your tasks, here's the objective. And so you're not, you're just following orders. And so it's really difficult as a human being to be in places that are unstructured and new and to kind of go out and do something like, if you want to go and find a new space, like, you know, in, in crypto now, like you could just focus on DAOs, you could go to like, the leading DAO conference, join five, six DAOs, start talking to the leading teams. And for sure, you'll find an idea that in the next five years explodes, like I'm almost 100% certain of that. And it's not, you know, too crazy. Now it's not like you're, you're too late or anything. Like I'm, I'm certain and but okay, well, what, how do I do that? You know, I got to go talk to all these people, I don't know them, I got to join these discords, what am I going to do? So people are often afraid of uncertainty. It's like taking that first step is really hard, like having that bias for action. So I think that's why a lot of people are just, you know, comfortable doing like the status quo. What do you think, Mitchell? Where are you at? Yeah, I love that. And I'm just kind of noticing about, you know, both of you early on as you were sort of like, I don't know, planning the antennas and seeing like, okay, poking around, what what am I interested in? It was less about you just sort of thinking by yourself. You were like going out into communities and like Noah either starting conferences or Robbie, you're talking about going to these conferences or like getting that real-time feedback from people. I think that's like a great lesson for anyone listening. Like it's one thing to kind of like journal on on some ideas, but it's like that's not going to give you the real world feedback. It's just a matter of like going out there and doing the things. Yeah, it's interesting to be early because it's you know sometimes on the shows you don't really hear all the people who are early on the thing that didn't work, right? or the people that sat on the sidelines that were nearby it. What's like a interesting story or highlight from that Ethereum experience for you? I just I have a a wild. It's not wild, but I think it's a story about humans where it's like. Four of my friends got in at the ICO of Ethereum. They each gave one Bitcoin and they each got 2,000 ETH. There's four guys. And that was in 20, was that 2016? And in 2021, we all got together. And it was interesting where each of them were at with their Ethereum. One guy sold it after he made about 50,000. The other two sold about half of it. And one guy held it the whole way. You know, that's $8 million, $2 million and 50,000. Look, the magic ball is always, or whatever, crystal ball is always easier in retrospect. But if that was just kind of an interesting you read all these threads and hear stories. It's uh, kind of fascinating that way. Uh, sorry, you're going to say yours. I just, there's so many. Like, so there's like price, right? And so I was broke, as I told you, lost my business, get into Ethereum, have a bunch of ETH, use that to invest in some ICOs in 2017. All of a sudden, I'm rich. I'm a millionaire. Okay. And then I'm like, fuck yeah, life's amazing. Like, I'm so lucky. I'm back. This is great. And then like 2017 hits, don't sell anything, 90% drawdown and like back to, you know, square one. And that feeling of like temporarily having money and then like not having any is like, it's even worse because now you're like, 
oh my God. And, and I would just sit for hours like, oh, I should. And for anyone who listens who's a trader, everyone knows this feeling. It's like, oh, if I just bought then or if I just sold then. And so that took me like months to get over that. And then this run up, obviously, you know, same thing happens, except it's like 5x the scale, 10x the scale. And now I'm like, okay, I should be selling this time. I got to be smart. And so I've actually been selling a lot last like six to nine months, cashing out uh, here and there. And then you have the opposite thing where, you know, there was something kind of like your friend where, you, you know, it sounds like he had 50x and he sold the 50-100x mark and then at 1000x. And I had a few uh, layer ones that I invested in, same thing happened where I'm like, okay, I'm up 100x. This is amazing. And then it goes up 1000x. And you're like, and I would just think about that for hours. And so the, the life lesson I had from this is like, you're never going to be happy trading. And it's probably like the worst thing you can do for your <laughs> mental health out there. And that's like people care about the price a lot. And it really impacts Another interesting learning was like, we spent so much time on how do we get more people interested in Ethereum? We tried everything like highlighting developers, giving grants, you know, helping highlight companies that have been built, all kinds of different like marketing techniques, conferences, and what ended up working at the end of the day was just the price. And so the bull market ETH price going from like 400 to 1800 brought on, you know, the NFT boom, the DeFi boom brought on like like thousand times order of magnitude than we did in two years, like spending a ton of money in marketing. So that was like a really interesting learning was like when the bull market comes, the energy is so fucking real. It's crazy how it's like a, like a religion, like it's crazy on Twitter and like the hype that this stuff gets. So, so that was a pretty interesting thing to see happen also. It's, uh, that's fine. Try everything and it's just money. Yeah, it's incentives, right? It's like if people think like, oh, I can make money. It's like one of the most powerful draws in, in the world. How is it to be rich and sober? Feels really good. I, I felt, you know, financial scarcity was like a really big issue for me for like most of my my life, and to start feeling safe, to have safety, it feels uh, really good. And the sobriety part is is awesome too. Like I, I kind of went into what it felt like to be an addict, and so now the goal is like, how do I help people get access to things like meditation and psychedelic medicines and breath work and and hot cold and these other activities that can still be fun but make you feel good. Yeah, I mean, I was sober last year, and then I, I did clean January, and it's um, you kind of get used to it after some time, and then you miss it. But you don't, you don't miss like when you actually have it. You, don't, you only miss the re- the idea of it. It's like an ex girlfriend, and uh, I think what I was realizing this time though is that just feeling like you you're making the choice not to is different. Is the empowering part versus like I can't. This is a no. But you know, I'm like, oh, well, you can drink in forever if you want. It's like, oh, cool. I can at least feel empowered to make the choices I want for myself, and I I, I really appreciate that. I'm curious, as you've gotten, you know, you, you finally got the financial security, what are some things you've done for yourself that are luxurious, that you feel are luxurious? And what I mean by that, it sounds simple, but like, I spend $100 a week to have someone come and, and massage me while I meditate. Yes, it's a lot, kind of, but 400 bucks a month to like, feel amazing and have great ideas. Like I, re- I had so many great ideas today. So I guess I'm curious how you treat yourself or it could be small, it could be big. So mostly the the really nice thing that like happens all the time is like, I just don't have to look at what I'm spending. And it's not like I'm like mega rich, but I just don't have to look like if I want to go out for a nice dinner, if I want to go out on a trip, it used to be like anxiety, you know, like, oh, is it going to fit in my budget? I don't know. Okay. And now it's just like, I can just do it. And that feeling of like freedom without anxiety feels good in so many ways. And so right now, um, you know, gyms are closed in Toronto, but there's a gym that will be open for personal training sessions, but they're hundred bucks a session. And that's something like I never would have been so far out there. But now if it's like something I want to buy for myself or my wife, I can like treat myself. And so, you know, we order our meals. They're like premium meals. We get bone broths every day. I've got like a wellness center with my own ice bath and sauna in my backyard. And so just, it's a lot of stuff around like health and like feeling better. So just like really good quality food, 
Um, but that's kind of it. You know, it's mostly convenience and foods the same way, you know, massage. Like I have an acupuncturist come to my house um, when I'm stressed out, which is awesome. That like stretches me and does acupuncture. So it's just um, stuff that makes me feel better uh, about my day and then like lack of fear around like a scarcity mindset. I will say though, in uh, Mitchell works with me at AppSumo, probably worst decision of his life. And um, in November, we were having, or uh, October, we were having some like two, three months that like, were just big misses. And uh, man, I had some, scare- I don't know, scarcity mindset always is interesting, right? It's easy to be optimistic when you're winning. It's easy, like when sun's out, it's easy to feel good, easier to feel good. And I, I was like, man, I'm gonna have to go on LinkedIn, look for a job. Unfortunately, maybe have to reduce costs, maybe reduce some people. And it's, it's, it's a tough place mentally. I think uh, it is nice to be, to have an abundance mindset when things aren't going well. I think that's the part that really matters. It's easy to, you know, when crypto's up and you're like, well, life's always going to be great. So it's a, it's an interesting mental, you know, gymnasium of practice that we live in. But I, I think there's a lot more affordable luxury than people realize. You can have a, a private driver. You can have food delivered to you. And like I literally hit some buttons earlier today. And I got chips and queso delivered to me for 15 bucks. I was like, this is like, dude, I'm in the future, man. It's definitely been a little bit of a smorgasbord of conversation, but I definitely think there's been some amazing nuggets. Can you help facilitate some breath work? I know that's, that's your, your, what your, your shtick. My shtick is tacos or something like that. And yeah, give a plug to your thing. Yeah. So the, the idea of what we're trying to create is just making meditation more accessible. And so if you're burnt out, isolated, you're on your screen 14 hours a day, you're in discords and like you're working from home, you're on Zooms, you're like, I'm sick of this, but like you've tried common headspace and it's not working. We're trying to make just through following breathing cues, your ability to go up. So think of like create coffee by changing your fight or flight system or down. So think like anti-anxiety, great sleep or explore. So like get space from challenging emotions. And it's all through physiological changes due to breath. And so we can definitely do like a little up session, you know, just six minute session. One thing that we can do that I think would be interesting, uh, Robbie, is we'll actually put this at the beginning of the show, man. I think it's like, yo, at the beginning of the show, I've got Robbie. Uh, he's Vitalik's right hand man. He did. He helped Vitalik breathe. Uh, he's having his best week ever. And we're going to set this this episode off with some breath work. Get y'all hyped up wherever you listen to this podcast. Maybe it's in Pilates. Maybe it's like Mitchell. He's cooking a, an organic vegan meal. Wherever you are in the world, we're going to do some breath work to get us kind of lifted today. And then here, the background of Robbie. Robbie looks lifted. You have a lifted look. So the app is Other Ship App. Yep. And you know what's fascinating? So at AppSumo.com, we've promoted Brain FM, Headspace. We were some of the early promoters of that. And it's pretty mind-blowing because I talked to a venture capitalist last week and they were like, yeah, we passed on it. We thought it was small. That was years ago when they started. And it it's pretty just fascinating the size from a business perspective, the size of the market of these these types of like Calm, Headspace, Brain FM, you know, hopefully other ship is in that same category of, of how, how much there's demand around this. I think, I think it's also going to 10x from here. Like using a cell phone is not a normal state for a human being. So to continuously have that dopamine hit every time you check your phone. And if you're using like email, Slack, social media, Discord, like every time you look at that, your brain doesn't know you're not stressed. So it thinks you're in a stressed state. And so you see a message, boom, fight or flight's triggered. So 40 years ago, you know, you're driving home from work, you're bored, you're just sitting around like hours and hours and hours of the day, you're like thinking and, and now you're that's there's zero. Like if you put people in a room, you ask them to put their phones down, everyone will reach for their phone within like five minutes. Like it's insane. And so every generation is getting worse and worse. More of our lives are on screens. There's more stimulation, more stimulation. So I think this problem is actually going to get significantly larger than it is today. How do people buy into it? 
how do people, you know, be a part of it? I think what's interesting is like, if you ask your friends right now, like, hey, are you feeling overwhelmed? Every single person will be like, yeah, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy, man. I'm like fucking busy. I got 400 email newsletters coming in, all this stuff. So everybody understands that feeling of like, I am overwhelmed. And they're just going to start looking for solutions. And you're seeing like psychedelic use exploding, like hot colds exploding, all these people listening to podcasts, learn about this stuff. You know, if you're listening to Tim Ferriss, I'm sure you're talking about like morning routines and evening routines. Like everyone knows they don't feel right. And so I think it's just going to happen naturally because like, what's the other option? Like, I don't want to feel overwhelmed anymore. You don't want to feel good. Yeah, I don't know. We were in the hot tub this morning. I still love this line from my therapist. He's like, you have an enviable life with, with an unenviable psychology. I was like, dude, you're getting double for that one, my friend. Five stars on, on TripAdvisor. It was fascinating. I think every generation thinks the generation after it is weaker. You never were like, man, these kids below us are real tough, right? Like my parents thought I'm weak. No, they don't. You know what I mean? And we thought the grandparents, like, you know, my mom's parents worked in a deli, a kosher Jewish deli in Missouri. They literally never took a day off except the Sabbath. They worked six days a week, all day, every day. And they came home and cooked and cleaned all this stuff. And now we were just having this conversation, just fascinating about mental health. And it's kind of this like ripcord that we pull. And I guess I'm also kind of curious then, what does that look like in 10 years, right? Are we becoming too sensitive? Is it, or is it appropriate? Should we be more sensitive? Let's get some hot breath work in here, man. I got the soundtrack. Do you want me to like close my eyes? Which, how can I breathe better? Yeah, best thing is now, so just really quick, like 10 seconds, this is an upregulated breathing style. It's going to turn on the fight or flight nervous system. It's very similar to having a coffee. So this is like first thing in the morning. It's like before a meeting, you know, you're procrastinating, you want to get pumped up. It's a dope electronic music. It's going to pump you up. And so if you put one hand on the chest, one hand on the belly, and just kind of do one breath in like through your mouth, like, and feel the belly expand. And then like, and so you're not going to hold... Yeah, exactly like that. And so you're not going to hold at the top or bottom. It's just going to be a rhythmic breath. like, And it's just going to be guided. And so you're just going to listen to the instructions and, and that's it. It's going to be three rounds of like in, out. There's going to be some breath holds in there. On the breath holds, if you can't hold the whole way, it's okay to take like a big and squeeze. So if you can't hold that whole time, that's fine. Just do the big breath in and squeeze. And so this is a Wim Hof style breathing for people who know combined with like music and some gratitude. All right, Rob, you want to count us down? Yeah. In three, two, two one, one in, go. Out, in, out.
to that first inhale. Here we go. Deep breath in. Exhale. Hold on empty. In this first hold, what do you value in your life? Visualize it. Getting ready for that first breath in. Here we go, inhale. Squeezing as hard as you can. Getting ready to make a sound on that release. Feeling the body shake and vibrate. Exhale. Getting right into round two. You know what to do. Three, two, one, and in, out, in, out, in, out. Ah. I say we'll just go one more round. Second hold. Here we go. Inhale fully. All the way up. Exhale fully. In this moment of peace, what do you want to start prioritizing? Visualize those goals and priorities. See yourself accomplishing them. Full breath. Here we go. Inhale. 
nice long slow exhale gonna hit you with another big inhale ending off with one slow exhale getting into our final song back at that standard pace Around, and I'll be falling all the way 
getting ready for our last few big breath and squeezes. Big inhale, all the way in, all the way up. Big exhale, all the way down. Gonna hit you with the double. Big inhale, all the way up. Finish it with that luxurious exhale all the way down. All right. That was our electronic feel good now. Going a little deeper than normal with those inquisitive questions. Congratulations. Do that every day, asking yourself those questions when you need to figure out what do you value, what do you want to prioritize, and what do you want to say yes to. How do you feel? A little bit like an orgasm. I mean, that's great. <laughs> that's incredible. So amazing. Just short amount of time completely changed the mental state and energy. It's like before a conference, a sales call, you're like feeling off, you're in your morning, you know, you, you want to study, you want to get into the zone, you know, a little bit of music, a little bit of breathing for people who struggle to meditate, like four to five minutes, boom, music, you're on, you're listening to something you like, it's enjoyable. I just think that this is the onboarding that's going to help a lot of people get into more mindfulness because you can feel it. Jesus, bro. I was not ready for that at 3.30 on a Wednesday. But I fucking love it, man. That was that was far out. That was some dude. It's also crazy. We do this shit all day long, and then literally, it's the most important thing for every human, for all you know, eight billion of us. And I've never really uh, played with you know. I jumped in a cold in our. I have a pool, and it's cold in the morning. And my buddy Eric jumped in. I thought it was a robber, and I jumped in. And I was like, oh. <laughs> but I never breathed like this, man. This is this is excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. I hope we have people that have breath orgasms all over the world uh, from this. Check out Robbie at Othership app uh, and uh, download it and get some uh, some breathing for yourself. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Mitchell, for putting that together. Robbie, uh, I'll see you out there. Sounds good. Thanks, Noah. Appreciate it, man. Awesome, guys. Love it. That is a wrap. I hope you loved the episode as much as we did making it for you. Go check out othership.us. That's othership.us if you want to get more breath work in. Next, text a friend you love them. Yo, dog, let's do a deep breath together. <sighs> Sorry. Before you go, tweet at me or DM me on Instagram at Noah Kagan. I love to hear what you think about the episodes. Also, outro plug, go check me out on TikTok. It's at Noah Kagan. We are experimenting with weird-ass content over there. If you're on the TikTok world, check us out at Noah Kagan. Finally, a couple of shout outs to my amazing team. I love every single one of these people. Jason at podcasttech.com. He turns these episodes from rough coals into gorgeous VVS1 diamonds. Thank you to Mitchell. I love you. Jeremy, I love you. George, Hubert, Cam, Sasa, Nikki, and Jen. It really takes a village, and I truly feel blessed to be working with these people. And finally, shout out this week to Caitlin Debert at AppSumo. She led our team's daily live partner count and partner referral process. Plus, she has a side hustle making phenomenal cakes out here in Austin, Texas. You rock, Caitlin. Have a fresh day. What's your favorite language? And it can't be the one you already know. Mine's Portuguese. I love it. I love Portuguese. Toto bom. Bon.